Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Hammer Time in 1987 podcast, a podcast where all we do is win. I'm joined by one of the great men of the 21st century, Garrick Wright. Garrick, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, well, Garrick, we have a lot to talk about. We just watched Police State by Dinesh D'Souza. Yes, yes, his latest documentary. And it was... Um, I mean, I know he sounded try hopeful, you know, sound hopeful at the end, but it was a depressing documentary. Yeah, you can't just, uh, you know, you can't just say, "Hey, this is all; these are all the obstacles that you have," and then, uh, "Hey, let's sing the national anthem." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I got well, that's what it kind of came down to. So. <laughs> we'll get into that. We we'll also talk a little bit about abortion, election twenty twenty four. All sorts of new characters uh, popping up in that election. We've got a new House Speaker. We've got Israel, Hamas, and left-wing wackos. So lots of good stuff. But I do want to start here. There was a story today about Disney World that I thought you would find amusing. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently at Disney, because the wait times for the rides are so long, people have been crapping their pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it makes sense, right? Because, you know, these ride wait times are ridiculously long. There's no bathrooms, you know, in the wait lines. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people are eating their fiber and their whole grains and their food and their vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to be taking shits right in the middle of the aisle. So, Back when they were just eating corn dogs, nobody had any issues. <laughs> now they're eating quinoa and shitting their pants. <laughs> One of the Disney workers said they, I think they called it the, what was the terminology, the the poop lane or the poop ride or something. Like, oh, okay, it's happened so many times. <laughs> wow. And someone said that they saw, you know, the kid had to go to the bathroom, so the parent, like, I guess took him off to, like, the corner of the line, and the kid just took a dump, <laughs> and, then, and then they just left it there. <laughs> 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 and uh that's the happiest place on earth so <laughs> well they deserve it uh well they've been so pro-gay for so long it's like well you probably have a lot of people who've had uh anal sex and <laughs> their sphincter muscles just aren't what they used to be <laughs> yeah and i was thinking like if that happened to me which thank god it has not happened at disney if anybody, it would happen to anybody <laughs> i've changed my ways now i well i plan in advance for this stuff now but i'm just saying like if i had to go what i get stage fright like because you know you can get stage fright on the other way would i get stage fright it would be like i just gotta go and i have to let it go yeah it's a good point um although you know i gotta tell you with with you know having to poop your pants and all that like that's like one of those things that's just you don't want to do it it's just it's coming one way or another (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah you would think that there'd be a lot of uh urinating too yeah because i got you know you're in the line for an hour and a half and I don't know, you've been drinking all this pop and or whatever, and it's yeah. probably have to take a leak. Yeah. Although you're also probably sweating your ass off, so right. who knows? Yeah. Like, Disney's like a Bill's tailgate now. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a very low-class thing to (laughs) partake in. (laughs) Yeah, well, keep that in mind if you ever go to Disney that you might be in the poop line. Yeah, my uh, mother-in-law said that she wants to go back soon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, once that door was open, man, it's going to stay open. (laughs) Yeah, well. 566 yards for Dallas compared to 115 for the Giants. Yeah. 556 yards. And they're up 42 to 7. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Garrick, we just watched Police State by Dinesh D'Souza, uh, a documentary about how the U.S. government is, how should we say this, um, spying on us, imprisoning us, defrauding us, punishing us for our political views. Mm. And I didn't get too many positive takeaways from it. What would you say about at least your initial thoughts here about this documentary uh i would i would agree with you that uh not a lot of uh positive feedback uh you know positive solutions uh to fight back against this and i'm actually somewhat relieved by that because i get a little bit sick of seeing things that are like basically insurmountable uh, things that, for us, yeah. and then being told, but stay optimistic. It's like, <laughs> no, I don't want to stay optimistic. <laughs> I want to just bask in the reality of being screwed. <laughs> uh, well, and I got that uh, with Dinesh D'Souza's film. Yeah, film here. Yeah, and this kind of all starts really in the 90s, but it accelerates after 9-11, which were attacked because of an intelligence failure, because, well, we let the terrorists into our country and they hijacked airplanes. But then the government and, and used... There, and there's a possibility, you know? Oh, yeah, right, uh, yes. that's, uh, But, you know, we'll, we'll leave that to uh, another time. Right. <laughs> so then they used the Patriot Act, which sort of greens light surveillance of American civilians and everything kind of went downhill from there and the thing and even Dinesh mentioned it how he was a big supporter of it and you know we were young kids at the time but we were supportive of it and um, yeah it's just maddening that they've abused it and it's just disappointing that people at that time there wasn't enough like red alert here like this could be abused yeah yeah, I mean, other than Ron Paul and uh, maybe Dennis Kucinich. Yeah. The little weirdo. Right. And they have uh, used it to go after American citizens. I think probably the the one scene of that documentary that was the most moving was, uh, well, there's really two of them. One was the old grandpa in New York who was just mm-hmm. at January 6th. He didn't enter the Capitol. He was just videotaping things. And they stormed. The FBI came in and stormed his apartment and... Yeah. ransacked everything and then uh, the story of you know the aunt who who's I guess nephew who looks like she maybe raised him um, but he committed suicide because they were going to charge him with terrorism even though he didn't do anything that was terroristic and right. he hung himself uh, and they kind of got the human element yeah I, I would add a third thing is mm-hmm. the talk about the uh, human trafficking and the sex oh, trafficking right. of children. It's, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's like, I, I, 
I, God is so patient to not just rain fire and brimstone <laughs> down on this country. We are disgusting, despicable people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean, any time now, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're storing up wrath for ourselves, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so I guess from the political standpoint of it, you know, the Republicans for a while were big on law enforcement, FBI, CIA. You would think now that that's changed. There's not a lot of reason to hope, but does the next Republican administration, if that ever happens, do they say, hey, let's defund these people, get rid of these people? Or yeah. is the Republican Party still too corrupt to do anything? Yeah, I mean, the, probably the only one that would is Trump, that would actually have a chance of getting back in. Right. Assuming that there is a chance. Right. <laughs> um, so, um, and, you know, yeah, I just think if anybody would kind of get get the point of what's going on here, it would be him being the um, object of right. such abuse. But, um, yeah, we'll see if he can pull that off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, you would you would hope that Republicans would wake up, but the Republican Party itself is so corrupt that even if Trump were to get in, you know, I'm sure half of the Republican Party would still vote for the FBI and the DOJ. Oh, yeah. And that's... It's, a, it's disgusting. Um, we're a loser party. <laughs> we sure are. Um Anything else about the documentary? I mean, I encourage people to watch it. Again, it's not exactly uplifting. Um, but I, I feel really bad for the January 6th people. Just a disgrace, yeah. the way that they've been treated. Yeah. Uh, um, and, you know, they talked a lot about the technology, you know, Facebook and Google and the censorship. and Yeah, you know, and with AI and, you know... Yeah. Basically, they know everything about you, and <laughs> right. um, you know, and the reminder of what's going on at the World Economic Forum, and uh, it's yeah, yeah, and the uh, the media being complicit. I mean, they showed those media highlights of how they talked about COVID in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, and they're just lying, yeah. lying through their teeth. Yeah, it's kind of hard to like, because you know you don't really you don't see it all anymore, and so right. you kind of yeah you do kind of forget about it. It's yeah. you've moved on, and it's like to go back to it, it's like wow, you really did feel like you were being bullied into all of this stuff, yep. and it's oh, and by some of the least intelligent people in the planet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think it was, I think there was a line in the documentary, uh, it was something along the lines of the, the Democrats protect the FBI and the FBI protects the Democrats. Mm. You know, as they were talking about Hunter Biden and, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's like sucking on a teat, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship between the media and the deep state. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I agree more. <laughs> <laughs> so I wish we had some answers. I'm not sure that we do. Um, so let's talk about what maybe could be uh, 
a breath of fresh air is election of 2024. Donald Trump is leading all the polls. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that that's a deep state operation? Is what what's really going on here? Maybe Trump really is ahead, and they're trying to scare the left to get more motivated to vote for Biden, or Trump's really behind and they want to give Republicans a false sense of hope. I I don't I don't know what the play is. Uh, I would I guess I would probably lean toward getting Biden out of there. Um, yeah, okay. I I think. I I can't remember the last time seeing a Republican up, you know, this early on. Um, it, it seems it always seems like it's always the Democrat is right. is ahead, and then yeah, they a week or two before the polls start to really get closer and make it look like what it is so that they can claim that, hey, we got it right. Um, right. Right, right, right. So th- this is uh, pretty new territory. I, I just have to think that, yeah, they, they want... I, I, I have... It's so hard to imagine Joe Biden actually running for president again. I mean, this guy, yeah. he's, he's got nothing left. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he barely had anything to begin with. <laughs> and I... Oh, <laughs> well, as we can see from the documentary, he is—he's not a very good one, but he is a mouthpiece that will say anything that he needs to say. That you know, half of the country are domestic terrorists, and we're all white supremacists. Yeah, that's if he can get the words out. <laughs> Most of the time, he just has marbles in his mouth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, they're starting to get <coughs> late in the game. We are less than a year. Yeah. And um, I think we talked about it last time. Maybe they could get rid of him at the convention. But it looks like it's going to be old Joe. So. Mm. Um, do you think that Biden would debate Trump again? <laughs> uh, no. And I'm not... <laughs> It probably helped both of them. Yeah. <laughs> that was the other thing in the documentary that was so funny was uh, the lady talking about her nephew who had committed suicide. He yeah. apparently was a uh, Bernie Sanders supporter, and um, it wasn't until Trump ran for president they started yeah. to like think about uh, switching over, and then. In 2016, the first debate against Hillary Clinton is what really turned him towards Trump, and I was mm. shocked by that statement. I, <laughs> if there was a part of the campaign that would turn you off of Trump, I would think that it would be his debate <laughs> skills. <laughs> well, you know, people have different things they look for, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this is why I've always been a very bad political analyst. <laughs> I do remember that one time... Uh, when it was Romney versus Obama, and everyone said Romney won the first debate, and you're like, I thought he did terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you should have been able to fucking dropkick Obama. He's <laughs> like being all nice and stuff, and people like, oh, Romney just he destroyed him. Like, even Democrats were saying that about it. It's like, well, I'm glad to be wrong, but I don't see it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe you should watch it again and see what I think. I don't 
Yeah, that's that's something. Yeah, and of course, at the time, you know, I thought all oh, debates, you know, are important and they really matter. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we ever so naive? I know. <laughs> I probably watched Bill Crystal. I thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Crystal. Oh my God. Well, Dick Morris. <laughs> yeah. Romney's going to win Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I was just lying to all of you to make you feel better. I was, <laughs> I was doing my duty. <laughs> I remember when he said that. Uh, I was like, huh. I, <laughs> I'm never listening to your fat ass again. I do remember that day you texted me when I woke up that morning. You're like, that fat ass Dick Morris better be right. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> Yes, I have a way of describing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if Trump does get in in 2024, I hope he pardons all the January 6th people. Mm. And if they can't get rid of the FBI and the DOJ, I mean, you obviously can replace people. And I think you have to go for revenge because there's no other way to do it. Like, you know, if the bully's going to punch you in the face, you got to punch back. So, yeah, that's what... Trump has always talked about when you somebody goes after you, you you hit back harder. Right. Well, he better hire some good people this time. He doesn't <laughs> have an excuse <laughs> anymore. I mean, mean Bill Barr wasn't a good. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> My God. Speaking of twenty twenty four, RFK made an announcement. He is no longer running as a Democrat. He's running as an independent. Yeah. And. You know, it's kind of interesting. Some people say he'll hurt Trump. Some people will say he'll hurt Biden. And there's people who debate that. I kind of just go with he was a Democrat his whole life. He ran the Democratic primary. And, like, who's voting for RFK now? They're mostly Democrats who don't like Biden. So if Biden is on the independent line, to me that hurts Biden. But, of course, other people say differently. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I. It's like anybody that. Well, any Republican that would vote for RFK would probably vote for Trump anyway. Because he kind of aligns on some important things. Not. Well, yeah, I guess not with the vaccine, but. I don't know. I just. I find it hard that to believe that anybody that we could actually get to vote for Trump would switch and vote for. RFK right. and essentially throw away their vote. Right, that's exactly right. Like when it gets to election time, are you going to waste your vote on someone who's not going to win? Yeah. Um, I've made that mistake once. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are in New York, so yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, Jill Stein is announcing a run. She'll be on. The- <laughs> I forgot about that bitch. <laughs> she Just- is going to be on the Green Party ticket. Oh, yeah, the important ticket. And then, uh, what was his name? The wacky guy, Colonel West? or Oh, is it Colonel West? Yes, the black guy with the crazy hair. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Cornell West. Cornell West, yes. Cornell West is running on some ticket on some line. Yeah, yeah, he's a Princeton professor. And, <laughs> and you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't... Oh, he's a little out there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, in the end, um, it would be interesting if they all were on 
the ballot in all 50 states, or at least the swing states. I don't know if that'll actually happen because the Democrats are very good at checking signatures when they want to keep people off the ballots. Yeah. I, I um, By the way, uh, election day last week, um, you said you didn't vote, right? I did not vote, no. Um, it, I had to give uh, my my address and my birth date and I oh. yeah um, so yeah that was actually an improvement over what I've I, I think my mom said that she had to give an ID wow she won. I was like huh that's somewhat encouraging but then again um, like you said when they <laughs> <laughs> When they want to be sure, they'll they'll uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> they'll test everybody. Oh sure, yeah. I believe I, and I could be wrong about this, but New York is not actually a uh, state that mails out ballots to people, which you think it would be because mm-hmm. it's a democratic state. But apparently, there's not like they don't look at the voter roll and just send everyone a ballot like some states do. Oh, okay. Um, I know I have never just received a ballot. Yeah, I guess I haven't either. Um, so I, I guess that's sort of shocking for New York, but okay. I guess there's no point. I mean, they know what they're doing. Well, yeah, maybe. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Uh, <laughs> well, Garrick, there was an election. There wasn't a whole lot going on. Uh, but what did happen was a little disappointing on one particular issue was abortion in Ohio. Mm. Uh, there was actually an amendment to the Constitution. Uh, I don't know exactly how it was worded, but you know, ultimately, in the end, uh, abortion on demand was upheld in Ohio, and it was a defeat for the pro-life crowd. Yes. Uh, so there's people who are kind of arguing back and forth here about the right way to go forward. There's sort of the moral argument and then the political one. Obviously, the moral argument is you know, abortion being reprehensible and should be outlawed for the most part. Mm-hmm. But the political one is that um, if you look at polling and most people, you know, they're kind of in the middle on abortion. They don't like late-term abortions, but at the same time, they don't necessarily like restricting at 15 weeks or heartbeats, and they think there should be some, some leeway, if you will. And so that it would make more sense for the pro-life movement to go after late-term abortions, go there, get the victory, and not try to go for everything all at once. Well, um, so within the anti-abortion uh, side of things, mm-hmm. even and, and I will even say the Christian side of things, um, there is a debate as to how to go about this. There's mm-hmm. the pro-life side, and then there's the abolitionist side. Now, what the abolitionist will say is, under no circumstances should abortion be allowed. Okay. Whereas the pro-life side will allow for an incremental... Uh, pro- progression. Uh, so they'll okay. take a heartbeat bill, for example, as a right. win. And um, 
you know, that, that all sounds well and good, um, but the abolitionist crowd, which is, uh, you know, a minority, mm-hmm. but though sure. they will say that this is, it is the pro-life establishment that will, yeah, there's an establishment for the pro-life <laughs> uh, side. They will, um, what they are, what they have done, the way that they have fought this is why we are in the situation that we are in. They said that, they'll say that the uh, Dobbs decision wasn't actually good for the Apple, wasn't actually good to get rid of abortion because what they should, the case that they should have been making this whole time is um, equal protection under for, right. under the law right. for all human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so making the case that all that life begins at conception and all life is entitled to uh, mm-hmm. right to life. And um what is what and basically while Roe v. Wade was still the law of the land, they could have been making this argument the entire time right. and actually tried to pass bills outlawing abortion in states. In those states, yeah. Um and you know the the thing is is that to be pro life you know the the pro abortion people they have put their cards out on the table. They're okay with murdering babies in the womb. And they're even talking uh, about mur- it's okay to murder one, you know, for a little while after they're born. Right. Um, right. So they're, and they're not stupid. They know when a pro-life person says, I believe that such a, you know, a life begins at conception and let's push for a bill that says, okay, you can kill the life, you know, for six weeks or whatever. Right. And then it's illegal. Well, that's a contradiction. Um, and, you know, you have a lot of uh, Christians, things that have been supportive of things like in vitro and fertile, in vitro fertilization, which results in, you know, taking sperm and eggs and, uh, creating a bunch of embryos and then choosing which embryo and then right. throwing the rest of them away. It's like, well, right. you're you're saying that that's a life in this situation, but not in this. So it's um, yeah, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these life issues, the pro life establishment, so to speak, has been a big contradiction. Yeah, and uh, I guess then the real question is, how do you move forward politically? Because, I mean, look what happened in Ohio. I mean, no one could say that's good or a success. No. And you don't want that repeated. Um, well, so um, I know that we were going to get to this new speaker. I was going to wait for this, but... Okay, <laughs> well, bring it in. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so this new speaker is, uh, you know... Christian and and all that, he's uh, he was in uh, he's from Louisiana, and there was a bill not not long ago 
uh, that was brought to the Louisiana uh, state legislature that uh, would ban abortion. Right. And basically all the pro-life groups uh, 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 coalesced together to Mm -hmm. defeat the bill. And uh, the new Speaker of the House was uh, kind of spearheaded that whole thing. So it's... He spearheaded it to kill the bill. Yeah, to kill the bill. Um, and so abortion has not been um, outlawed in Louisiana. Right. And, you know, I, it, it goes to show you, I, I think politically there probably is, I, I, I think that politically it would be very easy to make the case against abortion. I, abortion, abortion is very easy to argue against one because it's easy to make the case that life begins at conception and once you do that then you've put the pro-abortion people on the defense of defending murder right right. and that's very hard to defend Um, so anybody who truly believes in the pro in the anti-abortion movement would be able to make this case take just a little bit of time and make the case to the public but a lot of these people aren't really against abortion like Donald Trump he's not really against it right he he's he's against it to a, an extent but he's it doesn't really He's more concerned with China and trade than he is sure. <laughs> abortion. <laughs> right, right. So he he doesn't care about that so to, you know so much. So he's not going to be able to make the case. And a lot of these so-called pro-life politicians they they don't actually believe in the principle that they're the pro-life right. principle. Yeah, and that brings up the other aspect of this is that. Um, <laughs> You know, if you look at you know every election, they say what issue was most important to you? Abortion usually does not make the top five. Mm-hmm. So it's like some politicians aren't going to stick their neck out there for something that maybe a lot of people don't really care about. Yeah. Um, so we'll see where it goes politically. Um, you know, I have some concerns that you know Republicans don't frame it well, talk about it well. They're terrible in the media, and mm-hmm. you know. I hope more things like Ohio don't pop up, but you know Ohio is not exactly liberal land, so no, it's one of the few uh, swing states <laughs> that still goes Republican. Yeah. But. <laughs> so, well, we'll see. Uh, all right, we're getting closing here to wrapping up. Uh, you mentioned uh, Mike Johnson and his speaker. I guess I would take it you're not a big fan, at least to start with that issue. Well, uh, I, I'll, I'll say this: I, I think that he's, I, I think that he is talked he he has said things that so far that are a lot better probably the best speaker that i've heard speak since newt gingrich you know um right and we haven't had much uh you know competition there we 
for the most part, had Nancy Pelosi and John Boehner. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so... But, um, yeah, I I would say that... um, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Yes. And I think the fact that he got in there to begin with is pretty extraordinary. I mean, Kevin McCarthy, establishment guy, and Matt Gates and some of the conservative members of the House said enough. Mm -hmm. And they took a risk, and it looks like it paid off. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I'm pretty shocked. I'd say if there's any reason for hope, something like that gives me hope. Yeah. Agreed. So... We'll see how Mike Johnson works out. And Garrick, speaking of life and death, Israel and uh, Hamas, the Palestinians. I'm sure people have been watching the news. Uh, Hamas, uh, we'll say, invaded Israel, killed thousands of Israeli civilians, including children, and now Israel is retaliating. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I look at it, there's not really any solution here. Like people talk about a solution, but the Palestinians want the eradication of Israel and the death of all Jewish people. Right. So I'm not really sure what we're sort of discussing here. Like, yeah, because like the morons in the media talk yeah. about it as um, a land issue, and it's like, well, no, it's Muslims believe that non-Muslims and in particular Jews are need to be exterminated right um and christians too but right um yeah i mean they hate jews and so right they're going to you know they even they they come out and they tell you and so yeah um yeah i i they're the only way to to i guess win this is for one side to um basically be pulverized to right. nothing. Right. Right. And I would say it's more numbers wise there are way fewer Jews in the world and in sure. Israel than there are in that region than there are Muslims. Right. And they're so Israel is surrounded by enemies. Yeah. Um, yeah, the interesting thing is that left wing politics has uh, really opened up I think kind of a an ugly eyesore. You have people like Rashid Talib yeah. and Ilian Omar, yeah. and who married uh, her brother. That's right, and uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, who are cheerleading the cause of the Palestinians. Yeah, which I don't really understand what the uh, you know AOC. It's like you're just some Latin chick. I don't know. Why but that's the thing, like left-wing, especially young left-wing people are really anti-Israel, anti-Jewish. Yeah. Which, but, you know, the Brother Nathaniel is, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> well, he's a very he's, different character. <laughs> but he's not pro-Palestinian. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, to me, that you could be anti-Israel and anti-Palestine. <laughs> <laughs> Just hate everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is a defensible position. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might like that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like in Europe, they, they have all these, I guess, former Palestinians or people who are Muslim who are, you know, waving the Palestinian flag and mm-hmm. you know, taking over metro areas. I guess New York had some issues like a couple of days ago. So, yeah. And that's a funny thing. Like Islam and 
would kill the uh, modern day liberals. You know, yeah. for their belief in gays and trans and the lifestyle, they hate you, but you're still supporting them. So, yeah, yeah. it's it's a conundrum. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's politics for you. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, I think that's about what we have for today's show. Question. Uh oh. Who do you think is going to the Super Bowl? <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. Oh boy. And in the NFC. <laughs> <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, that'd be funny to see that again. Yeah, that would be funny. Um, I mean, the Bills have a chance, but it's a dwindling chance. They have too many injuries, and they're not playing very well. I would say that in the AFC, I think it's either Baltimore or Kansas City. And in the NFC, I'd say Philadelphia, yeah. Dallas. I'm not as big on San Fran, but we'll see. They lost three in a row, right? They did win today, though. Yeah. They, they destroyed Jacksonville. Yeah. Jacksonville's been pretty good, so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And uh, Cincinnati, who beat Buffalo last week, they lost to Houston today. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. As, as I... Sometimes you text me and I text you. People bet on this stuff, so <laughs> I have no idea why. <laughs> yep. Do you have any bets on? Uh... Yeah, I had some bets today. Um, All right. Um, well, I bet Minnesota, New Orleans, that didn't come through for me. But I did bet. Uh, what was the game? Oh, Indy, New England. Hmm. That did come through for me. So, anyway. Okay. But, you know, in the end, it's not really making much. (laughs) (laughs) But why not keep doing it? Why not? (laughs) One of these days, I'll hit it big. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, let us know what you think on... Oh, Mike McCarthy. (laughs) (laughs) I was that guy a coach. I think it looks better with the beard now. Oh, well, maybe we'd end with this. How about Urban Meyer? Want to give you your thoughts on him? Yeah, yeah. The uh, untold story on Netflix. That, um, I tell you, that guy had, he wanted to be known as having the hardest program in football, and I hope that was the hardest program <laughs> in football. He he was uh, a maniac, yeah. and... Um, yeah, I saw that part that you talked about, um, how he couldn't get to sleep. He was uh, he would take an Ambien, and he yeah. then he had to go take a second Ambien, and you know have a beer on top of it just to get four hours of sleep at night. I'm like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's great because it's about when he was coaching Florida, and they won in '06 and '08, and then in '09. Like, they were so... He said that there was so much pressure to just win it again and <laughs> get, get another national championship. And, you know, they're undefeated. And <laughs> they were making comments like, they're the most miserable-looking undefeated <laughs> team in the history of college football. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it seems like it's success... In, in, in football, maybe success in life. Sometimes it makes people miserable. I mean, look at Bill Belichick. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a happy guy. He never seems happy. No. He has pretty much the same look on his face being a shitty team right now than right. he did when he was at Tom Brady was winning right. everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think the Urban Meyer story is just that he made the guys wrestle each other on the mats. Yeah. And I don't think it was, you know, like, all right, you, you got him to the ground. Okay, let's go to the next one. I think these guys were getting in and, and you know, hitting each other forcefully. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was it seemed pretty intense. Yeah. No, I would have crapped my pants for that. So. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be uh, wouldn't like football that much <laughs> to continue on. <laughs> oh God! Thank God we didn't have to do that. But yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it from us. Enjoy your evening, and we will check in next time.